And the Oscar goes and to... And the Oscar goes and the Oscar to... Goes to. I only object in being here is to try and get at the truth. What shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I could have been a contender. Fasten yourself. I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm gonna make him an offer. Yeah. All real man. Love is, is love. too weak a word. Stay back. I, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV! Respect it and validate it. Remember that you told me? It's time, Robbie! Welcome to the next Best Picture Podcast. And the Oscar goes to The Shape of Water. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 129 of the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia. Ed, joining me today on February 10th, 2019, two weeks away from the Academy Awards, I have Ryan C. Showers. Congratulations to BAFTA winner Rachel Weiss. Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Dan Bayer. Hello. And Tom O'Brien. Hey, everybody. All right, so today we are going to be talking about the winners of the 2019 BAFTA Awards. We are also going to be talking about some other guilds, uh, some other surprises that have happened during the awards season race, the polls, and... We're going to cap it all off where I will announce for the first time ever here for all of you that are listening right now, the 2018 NBP Film Award nominations voted on by the staff of NextBestPicture.com. The NBP Film Community Awards are still open. You can still head on over and vote for those right now. Those will actually close on February 17th. That's one week from today. So this is the final week to get your votes in for that. While the staff here will be voting this week, uh, the MVP Film Community Awards will be announced then the episode before the Oscars. And then our own awards, we will announce our winners the week after the Oscars, putting a final cap in the 2018 film year. We're almost to the end here, people. Can you feel it? Can you feel that we're getting closer? <laughs> oh, God. Thankfully, yes. <laughs> well, let's talk about like some things actually this week that uh, happened that were uh, surprises to us. Uh, we actually had two Guild Surprise winners uh, over the last, uh, well, actually over the last 24 hours. Uh, last night, the USC Scripter Awards uh, were handed out, and the winner there was Deborah Granick's film Leave No Trace, which she uh, co-wrote with Anne Rosalini. And this film is not nominated for the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. Yeah, that was very surprising. But I'm so glad it happened because Leave No Trace is such a beautiful movie and deserved so much more this award season. So I'm very happy that it was able to get this very surprising win, but totally deserving one, too. Now, we were all in agreement that we all thought Beale Street was going to take this, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Without Black uh, Klansman uh, present, Black Panther was present. I almost said that there. Black Klansman, though, was present, uh, was not present. And as a result, it looked like it was going to pave the way for the Critics' Choice winner, if Beale Street could talk, to pick up a win here. Leave No Trace, I, I agree with you, Josh. It's a film that was criminally underlooked all year long. 
And sadly, this is pretty much, I think, the end of the road for it, other than maybe a surprise indie spirit uh, win, which will take place the day before the Oscars. But any momentum that can be picked up for this film, I'm, I'm, I'm in much favor of. I mean, it's a really, really beautiful film and might maybe show up later in our MVP Film Award nominations. Mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see there. Uh, but in any event, though, no film has won the USC Scripter and missed a correlating Oscar nomination since 1999 for The Hurricane. So where the USC scripter every year since 2010 has matched up with the best adapted screenplay winner, this year it shall not. Another surprise, moving on to the American Society of Cinematographers. Oh man, the nominees there were Roma, A Star is Born, The Favorite, First Man, and the winner, Cold War. Which I predicted. Yeah, and now Josh, I think you and I had the exact same mindset as to why Roma was going to lose there. Uh, why don't you tell everyone why that was? Yeah, well, ASC is one of those precursors that almost never goes to the front runner. They do love Deacons and Lubeski, but for the most part, they have never really been the guild to reward the film that's been winning all the cinematography prizes. So that's one thing. And the other thing is Roma's the only one not shot by somebody who is actually a cinematographer. And I just always felt that they were never going to pick a director to win their cinematography prize. So to me, even though Roma is still probably looking good for the Oscar, I would say that Cold War definitely makes sense as an ASC winner. And it's deserving work, too. So it's not surprising, but it's also, again, very deserving. Well, I see, I found it surprising that I, I didn't find it surprising that Roma didn't win. I was I found it surprising that Cold War did. I was expecting me to um, the favorite or a, a star, uh, probably a star is born to um, to be the alternative to Roma. But um, so, it, yeah, I mean, good for the good for the film. I mean, it it's a um, like like was previously said, it's deserving. Um, but I just find it to be an odd choice. Like I don't, I wouldn't consider cold war to be the runner up, um, at the Oscars, um, before last night. And I'm not even sure if I do now. No, I wouldn't say that I feel like it's the runner up either, but, uh, it actually feels more like a win of, um, uh, what's the Hanukkah film that won the black, uh, the white ribbon. Yeah. yeah. To me, like that kind of a winner where it doesn't really have a shot at the Oscar. I don't think, but it feels like something that has the level of difficulty that cinematographers would respond to, and it's also not the front runner. I, ha- I happened to go back to see Cold War for a second time this week, and one of the things I was looking for was the cinematography, because a number of people have said to me, well, Roma and Cold War, both black and white, and they kind of equate them, and they're just so different, mm. because Roma is a memory piece, and they use a lot of grays in there. It's not black and white. It's kind of hazy because it's memory. In Cold War, yes, it is memory, but the the romance is so intense. The black and white cinematography in Cold War is bright blacks and bright whites, and it's a very different look and a very different feel. And I think it's a much-deserved win. Yeah, um, I've said after I saw Cold War that the cinematography is the kind that makes you want to freeze frame any random Mm -hmm. frame from the film and put it up on your wall. It's so well-lensed and so meticulously uh, crafted and framed that it just looks absolutely exquisite. And, hey, the fact that it's less than 90 minutes long, I mean – 
come on now <laughs> you know that's not a bad that's not a bad set few films this year that i actually wish was longer i mm. thought it moved it too fast for me to connect with the characters but it's gorgeously shot in a way, even though Cold War is nominated for the Oscar for Best Cinematography, this is um, for a category that has been swept all season long by a frontrunner. It's nice to see another film get some form of major acknowledgement somewhere. And I feel like in the last uh, two weeks or so, we've been seeing that a little bit where critics awards and early precursors were just going to just the same stuff over and over and over again and it feels like finally we're just starting to see some people finally just get their due recognition as well so luke ajzal congratulations to you sir uh friend of the pod by the way did an interview with him a few weeks ago and we look forward to seeing what him and powell powakowski uh cook up next moving on to another guild uh, the 2018 Visual Effects Society, VES, announced their winners as well. Uh, the biggest takeaway, because there's a lot of different categories here, I'm not going to go through them all. Really, the only two that really stand out are Outstanding Supporting Visual Effects in a Photo Reel Feature went to First Man, and Outstanding Visual Effects in a Photo Reel Feature went to Avengers Infinity War, which picked up the most awards at the VES Society. And as we'll get to in a minute, did not manage to win the BAFTA award and neither did First Man. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, one of those categories this year where BAFTA Critics' Choice, they did us absolutely no favors. Or was it Oscar that did us no favors by not nominating Black Panther? <laughs> I don't know. But in any event, though. Uh, we'll use that to segue over to BAFTA, I guess, now. But before I do that, I do want to just take care of some housekeeping uh, things for a second here. I do have to go over the polls really quickly for everyone. Uh, so as everyone knows right now, we just did a podcast review of the Lego movie. And we are going to be doing a podcast review of Mad Max Fury Road, which won out um, one of our uh, podcasts, uh, the Last Best Picture podcast. And so right now we have some new polls up for uh, Last Best Picture at the moment. We have 10 random Best Picture nominees and winners, okay, that have been randomly selected. And one of them will be the next podcast review we do in the month of March. The choices that came out of the randomizer were All the King's Men, American Sniper, The Apartment, Crash, the King and I, King's Row, Michael Clayton, Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans, The Thin Man, and Z. Mm, wow, that's a very interesting group of films there. <laughs> Some of my favorite films on that list. When you have over hundreds of films to choose from and you throw them on a randomizer, it would not surprise me if every now and then you get some oddball choices. Also, you got to remember, too, we've we've reviewed, I think, quite a few of the big uh, contenders already from the Best Picture uh, lineup of uh, yesteryear. You know what I mean? With Silence of the Lambs, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and a few others. So it wouldn't surprise me if, as we continue to keep doing this series, that we start to see the nominations be a little bit more, you know, uh, not as well known necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, has anyone here seen King's Row? Uh, that's a negative on my part. <laughs> Can't say that I have. <laughs> but I want to see. I want to say a word for Sunrise. Uh, I love it's a it. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, 
And I deny the fact that I saw it in first run. Nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it, but, it, but it's one of those films, the first time I saw it, it has stayed with me for, for years and years. And I can't wait to see it again. And that would be my vote. I'd love to be able to talk about it. I have a feeling that the go-to here for a lot of people is going to be Crash because they just want to hear us talk about Crash. And I get that. I, I, I understand. But I would really, really, really love an excuse to revisit Michael Clayton. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So if somebody can make that happen, please. <laughs> well, yeah. it has my Swinton stands. All right. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that one, then, we also have the throwback uh, poll currently up right now. But right now, we don't have the final selections. We have the films that are going to influence uh, the final selections for the throwback film review poll. And at the time from the March 2019 releases to choose from, we have either Captain Marvel, Captive State, Dumbo, Greta, or Us. So one of those five films will influence the final nominees for our throwback film review poll, which we will be voted on the second uh, part of the month here. So at the end of this week, we'll have an answer for that there. Oh, last week's poll. Uh, we asked everyone which was the film from the Sundance Film Festival that everyone's most looking forward to after hearing initial buzz from the festival. For those that were not on any of the uh, recent podcasts here, I want to ask uh, some of you, uh, Ryan, what was a film that you heard about at Sundance that you're most looking forward to? Um, well, first of all, I just want to um, give a shout out to the people from Next Best Picture who went to Sundance and did such a great job covering it and um, getting us excited about it. Um, but um, I picked Loose. I'm really, really pumped for that one. As you should be. I, 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 think, I think I'm going to love it. Considering, Ryan, that you and I had nearly nine of our top 10 films of the year overlap for 2018, and we've had major overlap before, and the fact that Loose was my favorite film of Sundance, yeah, I can I, I can say be excited. Great. <laughs> uh, who else didn't get a chance? Uh, Dan, you haven't had a chance to voice much on uh, Sundance. What, you, what film are you most looking forward to? Um, uh, from Sundance. I'm looking forward to late night. Once again, as you should be. <laughs> <laughs> any opportunity to see Emma Thompson do anything, I will take. I don't think you will be disappointed. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a very 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 entertaining fun movie. Uh, anyone else, Tom? Uh, late night seems like it could be this year's big sick. I think that that will be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also morbidly curious about the uh, Michael Jackson documentary. Morbidly. I love that you threw that in there. <laughs> um, I can't speak to that. I did not see the Michael Jackson doc. I, um, To be honest, I couldn't bring myself to watch it. It, it was four hours long. And I had heard from the initial screening that it was a very, very, very traumatizing, tough set. I think it'll be much easier to watch in its HBO presented format, two nights, two hour specials. Uh, it's, I know it's coming out next month in March, so it'll be here soon. Yeah. Uh, while we're at it, we'll just complete everything here. Josh. Uh, well, I had mentioned loose on the last episode that I was on, that that was the film from Sundance. I was most looking forward to. Okay. Well, according to the readership of Next Best Picture, the film that everyone is most looking forward to from the 2019 Sundance Festival is Late Night. 
uh, got the most votes with 35. And then in second place with 26 votes was The Report, mm. starring Adam Driver, Edinette Benning. And then in third place, we had The Souvenir, A24's film uh, with Tilda Swinton uh, co-starring along with her uh, daughter in the lead role, actually. And it's autobiographical uh, based on the director. I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now, but she uh, it's about her experiences in film school and with a relationship that she had uh, with this guy who was an addict. And it's not my cup of tea, but I can totally see why it would be other people's cup of tea. And then rounding out things uh, there, in fourth place, we have Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, which has sold mm. to uh, Netflix. And in my opinion, features Zac Efron's best performance to date. So that'll be something to look out for, I think, especially maybe heading into next award season. And then in fifth place, we have... <gasps> yes! Loose! Oh, yeah! <laughs> 21 points for Loose. Oh, I'd like to think that I did that all myself. Now, <laughs> that that movie is phenomenal. Um, it's it's really, really, really well done. So awesome. Thank you so much, everyone who voted on that poll. Um, we have some more reviews that we're still writing right now that we're still working to get out to you all from the festival. So be on the lookout for all of those. And then for this week's poll for the release of Alita Battle Angel, uh, we are focusing our attention on director Robert Rodriguez this week, a director who doesn't get much time in the spotlight, I feel like. And a lot of that is because of the kinds of films that he makes sometimes. They're not really, I guess, built for the most mainstream of audiences, I guess you could say. But uh, he has had a number of cult-like favorite hits over the years. And we're asking everyone, which is their favorite Robert Rodriguez-directed film? Choices on the poll include Alita Battle Angel, Desperado, El Mariachi, The Faculty, From Dusk Till Dawn, Grindhouse, Planet Terror, Machete, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Sin City and Spy Kids. Tom, why don't we start off with you? I love Machete. (laughs) 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 Just seeing Danny Trejo in a lead role and just kicking butt is wonderful. Uh, Josh Parm? You know, when I look at that list and I think to myself, the movie out of that group that I probably watch more often than any of the other ones, it probably is The Faculty. And oh, wow. It's just such a, I think, a fun B science fiction movie, which is a genre that I absolutely love. And I just think it's a ton of fun. Uh, Ryan? Hey, I'm with Josh. I, um, I voted for the faculty. Yeah. Nice. You know, my earliest memory of the faculty was watching the commercial for it on the VHS tape of Armageddon. And <laughs> that's... That's all I, that I and, and that's how I came to watch the faculty years ago. I, I, I should rewatch that again. I wonder if it holds up today. Has anyone seen it recently or? Um, I haven't, um, but I, I think I've only, I think I only saw it once whenever I was like super obsessed with the scream era of like, yeah, nineties <laughs> um, movies. And, um, I, yeah, I, th- I think Kevin Williamson wrote that, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. That's that's partially why I want to go back and rewatch it because I I wonder if it has any of that pulpy, uh, you know, scream esque, you know, thriller aspects that you know kind of you know maybe still uh, work very well to this day. I'm sure I will get some uh, comments on Twitter from some folks that have seen the faculty recently. We'll probably say it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, then uh, Dan, what about you? Um, I'm. It's. 
it's hard to choose for me between um, Sin City and Planet Terror, but I gotta go with Planet Terror. It, that movie is so much fun. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. I remember I saw it in theaters uh, with mm-hmm. the uh, Tarantino double yeah, build feature too. and the way it was supposed yeah. to be seen with yeah. the commercials and everything. <laughs> that was one of my favorite all-time theater-going experiences. Oh, yeah. it, it, it was is my favorite. So yeah, it, that is my favorite theater-going experience, mm. doing the double bill of Grindhouse. So, so fun. Yeah. It, was a, it was a hoot for me. I had so much fun. With the coming attraction of Machete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is what inspired the film. <laughs> uh, and I'll round things out, and I'll say uh, Sin City holds a special place in, it, in my uh, heart as a film that actually, um, at an early age, got me interested in cinematography and visual effects and um, was something that was a very, very big influence. I'll just leave it at that, essentially, because um, I still, to this day, look at that visual style of that film and it still manages to conjure up awe within me, uh, which is, you know, I, I think a great testament to the work that was done on that film. So I'll uh, I'll say Sin City for that one. Okay, that's it for the polls. You can vote on those right now on nextbestpicture.com. And now let's move over to today's winners of the BAFTA Awards. Going in order, we kicked things off with Best British Film, which... I know a lot of us were afraid it was going to go to Bohemian Rhapsody, but no, 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 no. This kick started a hell of a day for the favorite. It's first of seven wins winning out there. Um, and I have to say, in the early going, when when it defeated Bohemian Rhapsody, I just was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> we're in for a favorite sweep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, <laughs> it was it was like set in stone at that point. Uh, animated feature was next, went to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And listen, next week is our Oscar predictions episode. So I don't want to use this episode to really go so in-depth into predictions and make them final, so to speak. But initial thoughts here, I think I could finally say that I think Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has this. Totally. Mm -hmm. I I really felt like BAFTA was the one place that maybe we could have seen something different, but it's just... Spider-Man keeps on going and I don't see how it can really be stopped at this point. If it were to lose, it would be shocking at this moment in the game. Yeah. Considering it swept uh, the Annie Awards, it won the PGA, it has now won Critics' Choice, Globe, and BAFTA. I mean, what more do you want? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, production design and costume design both went to the favorite. Uh, very similar situation where its biggest competition, Black Panther, was not nominated but is nominated for Oscar. Um, okay. This is tough because I don't – yeah, I need to know what you all think about these two categories right now as we head into uh, the Oscars with Black Panther winning at Critics' Choice but favorite winning at BAFTA. Okay. Like I get I get this whole like oh, Black Panther can win um, a la – I'm Mad Max Fury Road and Black Panther is the big popular movie, blah, blah, blah. But ah, come on. Like, I mean, <laughs> the favorite got 10 nominations. Like, and, you know, it has such a strong showing today. It's more of an Academy movie. Like, it just, to me, the costumes and the sets, it reminds me of, like, how The Great Gatsby um, won in its year or something like that. I just, I, it's, it's hard for me, to, especially costumes. I don't think that, I don't think that the, the Ampus is going to pass up these uh, uh, glorious costumes like i mean uh, no 
Well, I'm not buying it. I could I, I, kind I would, of see production design in an Avatar kind of a way, but no. Well, I wouldn't say that the designs in Black Panther are necessarily anything to sneeze at either. I think yeah. they're still very, very well done. And I don't think you can necessarily discount the fact that Black Panther is a popular movie. And mm-hmm. it is unlike most of the things that tend to get nominated and win in this category, which could be a benefit of it. And look, I love the designs in The Favorite also, but it is a very traditional winner of this category. And pitted against the two, I really don't know what would come out on top. And I actually am leaning a little bit more towards Black Panther. I know everybody is. And like, I, I get it. I, I mean, I understand. Um, but I really, I think that it's more of like, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to put my mind, put my mind in the head of a voter and i i and let's be let's be realistic i mean you know we always talk about how these new members are influencing and reshaping the academy and what it uh, what the winners will be and what the nominations will be but you know in reality i don't think that it produces much of a that much of a tangible result i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be i'm gonna lean into tradition here i mean but look at it this way though like you have two movies that are period, the type of period that Oscar usually goes for with Mary Queen of Scots and The Favorite, which could very easily split votes of people who want to support that. Then you also have Mary Poppins Returns, which is Sandy Powell's other work this year, which could also potentially split votes amongst herself. So that's why I'm thinking Black Panther takes this. The only reason why I'm going to knock the Sandy Powell argument is because her name is not on the ballot when the members go to vote. But For nominations, know. that may matter, but uh, do but they don't? Know. I, but I don't really so. buy that whole Mary Queen. Like, I don't. Like, I don't think Mary Queen of Scots is such a non-factor this Blackman, um, but it kind of is. And, I, you know, when people think of the favorite, they think they see Rachel Weiss in that white coat. You know, I don't know. Yeah, with with okay. costumes, I, I I I'm still struck by the imagination of Ruth Carter in those Black Panther costumes. Oh my God, that came from scratch. Well, I remember back in February when the film came out. I remember thinking to myself, if this film gets nominated for one Oscar and only one on the day, it better be for costume design. Mm-hmm. And I remember declaring, saying, I will be shocked if anything comes along that defeats this for costume design. Because to your point, Tom, those were costumes unlike anything I'd ever seen in a movie before, where, to Ryan's point, though, The Favorite is a beloved film, it has 10 nominations, and it is more of their... um, uh, It's more of their cup of tea in terms of what they're used to, you know? And and the work is good. I'm not knocking the work or anything like that and saying it would be an undeserved win. Uh, The work is, you know, fantastic. But... Black Panther, you know, it's, and whoever said the Mad Max Fury Road comparison, um, it, it does feel untraditional and it feels edgy enough that um, it might inspire voters to go for something a little bit different. It's tough. I, and I agree also, too, Ryan, that I don't know. He's still it, it's to your point. I, I don't know if the new voting membership has really produced the same level of change that everyone was kind of hyping it up to be. And here's my thing. About that, I feel like people use that. Ex- I feel like people use the new members as an excuse to predict things that they want to predict, and I I, I don't like it. Yeah, no, I, I hear that a lot too, because everyone always says, "Oh, new voting members, you never know what could happen." And hey, you know what? Maybe this is an ex machina situation where the two of those films split, and something else just comes up the middle unexpectedly. You never know. 
Uh, either way, this is something to, to, de- to debate next week on the show in a lot more detail. I'm not ready to declare a winner at this time. Um, I will next week. God help me. Uh, moving on, though, we also had Best Sound, which mm. went to Bohemian Rhapsody oh. over A Quiet Place, which is about sound, over A Star is Born, which is just an all-around better film that has very similar sound elements as Bohemian Rhapsody, over the best action film of the year in Mission Impossible Fallout, and over probably the most deserving sound winner of the year, First Man. I mean, did you all watch this video that Will Mavity put together of the best sound uh, nominees at the Oscars this year? Yeah, and First Man is an easy standout. Right. I I just, I don't know how you get Bohemian Rhapsody from all of this other than I guess that Live Aid performance just really sticks out to people? I, I don't know. Or maybe it's the recording sessions for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I, mean, I think that... Like it's about sound. Yeah, I, I think know. that has a lot to do with it. That scene in particular where you have to deconstruct the song and get all the lyrics and separate it out. Like, there is... I mean, look, far be it for me to say anything good about this movie... But there are things in it that I could see a sound mixer saying, man, to take Queen music and mix it in a certain way that incorporates other sound effects in there, too. Like, I can understand why that would be appealing for people. And it is one of those things that I have kind of been predicting that Bohemian Rhapsody was going to take for a couple weeks now. And this has helped um, this has sort of helped confirm that feeling for me. Hey, Josh, you know what's another award that you predicted Bohemian Rhapsody to take away? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Best film editing. And at the BAFTAs, that didn't go to Bohemian Rhapsody. That went to Vice, the film that a lot of us thought was going to win the ACE, and that went to The Favorite, which was also nominated here as well. And, you know, Critics' Choice winner, First Man, was also nominated here. Ah. This, this still m- remains as one of the toughest categories to predict heading into Oscar night. See, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's as tough as something like score or I don't know. I mean, I think Vice I think we can go with Vice. Um, you know, Bo- if Bohemian Rhapsody was going to win the Oscar, I feel like it would have it won this um, just based on the voters and how many BAFTA nominations it got. And uh, yeah, that's what I think. I'm mm. still gonna I'm still gonna stick with it because I've been nodded for a month now, so I, I'm I'm right <laughs> at the end. You were like, I mean, like me and Gaga at the SAG. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I throw up my my hands in the air on this category. This one is just really tough. I'm I'm yeah. I may, I may just go with Vice because of BAFTA. I don't know. God. I definitely don't know. Um, I'm still. I don't know. I'm still mulling it over. Uh, this this was something that BAFTA cleared up for us. Uh, documentary uh, went to Free Solo over McQueen, RBG, They Shall Not Grow Old, and Three Identical Strangers, RBG being the only other uh, Oscar nominee of the group there. And honestly, in my opinion, Free Solo's only competition at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. This I, I mm-hmm. feel like this was a big boost to, to Free Solo because I really wouldn't have thought that that would have won at BAFTA, and the fact that it did, I thought, said a lot about its support. Well, and see, I didn't think RBG was going to win here at all. Like, I don't think that um, Brits would have the same kind of reverence for um, RBG herself, therefore be a little less affected by the documentary. So I don't, I'm not as um, blown away by this win as you guys are, because I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Well, one thing that I uh, keep 
you know keep thinking of when it comes to free solo is that a lot of the reasoning we've heard that a lot of the front runners for best documentary tend to miss is because they don't have the same level of quote unquote filmmaking that the branch typically tends to go for. And one thing that you can't say about Free Solo is that you can't say it's not impeccably well filmed and crafted and just pulling off some of those climbing sequences and risking their own lives to do so. Um, I think that that's something that when you watch the doc, you automatically are like, yeah, I'm giving it to these guys. These guys almost died making this, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So because you, you mm-hmm. see it because, and you, and you are focused on the, the making of it rather than the person involved. Not that he's not interesting, but you know, RBG is about a person and this is about how they made the movie. Yeah. Which I think is something that wows people maybe just a tad bit more. Uh, we'll, 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 once again, we'll talk about it more next week, <laughs> but it's something definitely interesting to consider. And yes, a huge boost from BAFTA. Uh, you know, honestly, not a lot of boosts were given in my opinion, uh, you know, throughout this show, but this was one of them. Uh, and oh, case in point, hair and makeup went to a non Oscar nominee. It went to the favorite. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, had vice won here. I would have been ready to say vice is locked and loaded for the Oscar. A part of me still thinks it is locked and loaded for the Oscar. Uh, but hey, another win for the favorite. I'm not complaining. Are you complaining? Nope. Good. Yeah. We're not complaining. <laughs> and another great argument for expanding this category to five. Thank you. Yes, please. God, yes. Our own MVP Film Awards have five nominees. Just saying. Mm-hmm. All right. Best Supporting Actress goes to Rachel Vice for the favorite, which we all predicted. But it was still very awesome to see. Oh. The path to the Oscar is set. You think so, man? I it, it makes me so happy. I really, um, I it's my it's one of my favorite performances of the year. It's actually my favorite. It's my second favorite performance of the year. So I'm, you know, and with such a um, an open field with um, Regina King not being around, it was nice. It, it was nice for her to win this. Yeah, no, I definitely think so. It's interesting how uh, one of the earliest precursors was the British Independent film awards mm-hmm. and she won there and now towards the end of the season she's winning here again and she's done fairly well throughout the precursor circuit you know this is not something to sneeze at here she is actually second to regina king in overall wins for the season so is this really a mark rylance situation all over again i think it would be if if rachel hadn't already won for the concert yeah. yeah i think she would be locked for this but, but right and i think that's the one thing yeah it, but that we not, have to keep in mind like emma stone just winning i mean constant gardner yeah. was a long time yeah. and i mean this is this movie is such a big deal within the academy i mean still i haven't been on since the, the nominations were announced but 10 nominations is a big effing deal i mean like i mean they really went for it i mean I don't know. It has to translate somewhere above the line. Uh, screenplay is definitely a possibility. This is definitely a possibility. Um, and another thing, too, Josh Parham and I were talking about this off air. Josh, why don't you just tell everyone really quickly just a little bit of a pattern that you found in terms of two people being nominated in an acting category for the same film? Well, I tend to find that whenever you have that situation where you have those two actors nominated and one of them ends up winning, I think what you need to have happen is one person needs to be just dominant throughout the entire season. Um, you think of like last year with Sam Rockwell and Woody Harrelson or Octavia Spencer and Jessica Chastain and Melissa Leo and Amy Adams, where 
in order for that person to win in that category, it needs to be kind of established that regardless of anything else happening, they would be winning the Oscar anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem for Rachel Weiss is that we just haven't really seen real evidence that she is the overwhelmingly preferred one over Emma Stone. She, we kind of have that feeling that she is, but you know, because most of the season has gone towards Regina King, nothing has really solidified around Rachel Weiss either. And that's the one thing that does prevent me a little bit from just going whole hog with Rachel Weiss to win this category. Which is, I, I think, a, you know, a good argument to be made there. And had Rachel Weiss won SAG, I would say that would have been the edge. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's still, I mean, I'm still probably predicting Regina King, um, but it's, um, it's still crazy to me that someone can be snubbed for a, a SAG and a BAFTA nomination and yet still go on to win the Oscar. Like, I can't even, like, it yeah. doesn't make sense. And let's also emphasize, too, the reason why that's still so insane is because those are the two voting bodies that actually have Academy crossover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's it's wild. <laughs> but it's also oh. wild for somebody to win a SAG award when they're not nominated at the Oscars either. So... Yeah, it's all that it just confirms is that this category is basically wide open. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adapted screenplay uh, became less wide open. Uh, Black Klansman won the BAFTA award, uh, which had it not won this. I mean, WGA would have been its last hurrah, but at this point now, I am predicting a week from today it will also win WGA, and that is the path that it needs, and that is the path it will take, and Spike will win a competitive Oscar. It's not picture, it's not director, but it'll be awesome to see him win regardless, and I'm sure he'll be happy about it too, Yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. It'll yeah. be a moment. Uh, oh, man. Okay, speaking of uh, races not solidifying here... Best music. <laughs> Dear God. I, I think I was one of the few that predicted this correctly on the site. Yeah, I did um, too. First Man was not nominated uh, for this category. First Man is not nominated for the Oscar. First Man has won the Critics' Choice and the Golden Globe. And this was the chance, if ever, for Beale Street, for Klansmen, Isle of Dogs, Mary Poppins Returns to solidify themselves as the Oscar pick. And what did they do? They pick a star is born for all of its many lovely, fantastic Grammy nominated and I don't know, maybe winning right now. I have no idea what's happening uh, as we're recording this uh, songs from a star is born. So, hey, guys, Bradley Cooper won something. Ha ha ha. Yay. <laughs> Congratulations. Yay. So we can say BAFTA winner Bradley Cooper. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry. All right. The shade. Uh, it's not really shade. I, I'm just saying now it is kind of funny and a little disheartening and upsetting at the same time. Um, it doesn't help us. No, it does not help us at this point. I don't know what you do. Do you just look at the critics awards and say, OK, Beale Street? Do you pick a best picture nominee in Klansman or Black Panther? Here's what I think. I think that they're going to like they're going to want to reward Black Klansman in some places, and I think this is a safe way to reward it. Um, it has the Best Picture nomination. I think it will win here. I think it will win um, the sound uh, sound editing at the Oscars, and that will, those will be its wins. So I don't really have any like, like precedents to point at, but that's just how I'm feeling, and that's what I'm going with. Okay. Once, once in a while, you need a story, and Terrence Blanchard has a story. 
That's true. They have been mm-hmm. pushing that narrative for him yeah. pretty hard. Oh, but objectively, Beale Street's the best score of the year. Oh. But that movie has very much underperformed, and I yeah. it's hard for me to pick a movie that isn't nominated for Best Picture to win score. It just it just is. And I think every time I've updated my predictions in this category, I've picked a new winner. And right now, I am leaning towards Black Klansman, especially because of the narrative around Terrence Blanchard, who has been there pretty much since uh, the beginning with Spike Lee. And if you want to award Spike Lee, it'd be a nice thing to also reward Terrence Blanchard, too. Well, Matt, can I ask you this? Do you think sure. that Beale Street and Regina King will both win when Beale Street only has three nominations and it will win two out of three without a Best Picture nominee or a nomination? I will tell you that next week on episode 130. <laughs> okay. Until then, let me get many good hours of sleep in between because I feel like I will need them. Uh, original screenplay goes to The Favorite, and that was very desperately needed. Desperately. It's not nominated for WGA. It did not win the Critics' Choice Award. And I have to say, I don't think it's locked. No. Oh, no. No. No, this is a a, a coin flip. Yeah. Uh, Green Book is still there. Uh, Green Book stands a really good chance to win the WGA, actually. Oh, yeah. It's... I don't know. I don't... Listen, for the time right now... I don't understand. (laughs) For the time right now... I'm very, very happy that The Favorite has won this. The Favorite is my personal preferred winner of this category. Same. And I hope it can go all the way. But uh, I need another week. <laughs> I need another week before I can finally decide what the hell is happening. Uh, Best Supporting Actor, Mahershala Ali. He has now won Critics' Choice, Golden Globe, SAG, and BAFTA. And if he were to lose the Oscar at this point, it would be a tremendous shocker. Yeah. I just want to say that, like, after the past couple of years, it's really nice to have a season where this is the only one that has been a sweeper in the acting categories. Uh, you mean like a performance of color or? No, like just like the past couple of years, it's been like, you know, everyone, like all four people or three out of the four have been just winning everything. Out their way to winning the Oscar. And this year, the only person that's won everything has been Mahershala Ali. I see. Gotcha. So it's nice that there, you know, there's more, there's more variety. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Over the last few weeks, the thing, one of the things that has brought me the most joy about the Oscar race is watching how Richard E. Grant is enjoying his Oscar ride. God, they're doing him so dirty can we all can we all just take a moment can we all just take a moment of silence on the pod for our friend richard e grant just everyone bow their heads for a minute please thank you okay thank you everyone um that was the uh, lament for richard e grant's oscar chances uh we love you richard uh it just this was this was the one place where it was like the last last opportunity if he would have won here um it would have given me a spark of hope but I, I, I mean, listen, I, he's got a tremendous amount of charm and that is not going to stop. I'm sure he'll be charming the red carpet on Oscar night and we will love it and he will love it. And he's just happy to be along for the ride and we should enjoy that ride as well, even if it doesn't take him to the podium. Yeah. And now more people know who he is. So that's also nice. He's going to be in Star Wars. So 
hey, you know what? He's enjoying it right now. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't have any complaints. <laughs> oh, yeah. He looks like he's having the time of his life. Uh, best cinematography did not go to Cold War as it did the previous night for the ASC. It went to the predicted winner, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Uh, not much else really to say there, but another tech category where there was plenty to say. Special visual effects went to Black Panther. Oh, God. Josh, you and I were talking the night before. If it had gone to Avengers Infinity War or First Man, we or even Ready Player One, we were ready to pick that as our predicted Oscar winner. Now, fuck all. (laughs) We basically said that whoever wins BAFTA was going to be our predicted winner for the Oscar. So, of course, they picked the one movie. One of the movies not nominated at the Oscars. Of course they did. And the only nomination for the film. Right. That's what I find more um, surprising. Crazy. About I, um, I rewatched Black Panther um, this week in theaters. And uh, God, some of those visual effects are just bad. Well, I, regardless of the quality, I think that had it been, had it gotten nominated at, at the Oscars, it would, it would, it would be winning. Yes, um, probably. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. And I there's no doubt. The big takeaway from this is just it's very curious that it won after really underperforming across the board with the British voters. It's that it was if like any fans that were there uh, that couldn't at least get it nominated all just kind of coalesced around this one nomination and were just like, we got to pick it, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I listen. I'm happy that Black Panther it keeps winning stuff that's that that's fantastic and i you're right if this was nominated it would be an easy pick it, it has critics choice it has bafta it won a couple of critics prizes it's best picture nominee now we just have uh, five nominees that are not best picture nominees and man i really i really thought they were going to pick first man here i really did i did uh, BAFTA is good for picking that like prestige movie out of the group and that mm-hmm. fit First Man, but but then also First Man does feel a little weird as a visual effects winner because the effects are not that in your face, really. And I know Avengers does have a lot of visual effects, but I just still feel like there's a, a superhero bias against those movies, and it's going to struggle, too. I, I I don't know what to do with this category. <laughs> we will pull out our hairs next week on the podcast when we finally decide. And I probably just default to Christopher Robin because why not? <laughs> <laughs> Best film not in the English language goes to Roma. The sweep continues for that film, as did a win for Alfonso Cuaron in director. Uh, those, I mean, come on. Let's let's just take it to the bank already. Anybody want to mortgage their home? Uh, it's... <laughs> It's it's pretty much there. Uh, best actor, Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, this was the last 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 chance for Bradley Cooper and also for Christian Bale. Uh, other than missing out at Critics' Choice, Malek's got this. Uh, unless if as a lot of people pointed out to me on Twitter, uh, you know Adrian Brody and uh, you know uh, Denzel Washington over Russell Crowe for A Beautiful Mind and. A bunch of other scenarios where we all thought that it was a lock. So I don't know. I think that's wishful thinking a little bit. That's very wishful thinking. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a narrative for anyone else that I can think of. I mean, there was. 
Cooper. Yeah, and then look what happened to that. Then Sean Penn, and now we're 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 Oh God, no, not a Sean Penn. I thought we could go a whole episode without mentioning that Sean Penn thing. If it's if that's not desperation, I don't know what is. Like, I mean, Ugh. let's just let's just move on. Uh, best actress goes to the Queen, Queen Anne, Olivia Coleman for the favorite. Which, hey, listen, a lot of us predicted it was going to happen. And I know that some of us that did predict it also are saying that it's maybe it's not really a factor. Clinton Close is still going to win this whole thing. I'd like to think that there's still a race here. Me too. I, I think, think there, there is. is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and I had watched uh, Olivia Coleman's acceptance speech for oh, the Baptist tonight so online. So and good. She kills it once again. She's just having so much fun. Yes. <laughs> I hope she's getting so drunk right now. <laughs> <laughs> gosh well yeah i think glenn close is winning but it would be nice to think that olivia coleman could sweep in there but oh well best film goes to roma and i have to say i was the way tonight was going i was like oh the favorites got this <laughs> so like i have to give a shout out to will will mavity because he actually wrote this in our group chat a few weeks ago and i thought to myself that's not gonna happen it, well, he's he, he's crazy and um uh, yeah so he called it and i um i i'm, I'm really shocked and to be honest I, the favorite i love the favorite it's my favorite movie of the year and i'm even though it won um seven tonight it, it still kind of hurts that it didn't win this category for me oh no i i, I don't feel that way at all i mean because it won best british film so that to me is you know i, I mean i'm not gonna say it's just as good but the fact that it also won the most awards, two acting, screenplay, nah, it got it. I think it got its just due, in my I opinion. I'm just selfish. Yeah, you are. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, man. But in any event, uh, you know, as I kind of pointed out on Twitter, BAFTA for Best Film has not correlated with Best Picture in a couple of years now. They got in the last four wrong. And. There still remains a lot to be seen over the next couple of days. Like I said, if Green Book wins the WGA, watch out. And there's a couple of other things that can still happen uh, at this point. I mean, we are coming towards the end, don't get me wrong, but it's still very much Green Book versus Roma for Best Picture at this point. Yeah. And it's tough. It's really, really tough to say because... Green Book has PGA, Golden Globe, and a SAG win for Mahershala Ali. I cannot underestimate how important that acting win is, that they have Mahershala Ali walking in the door that night. Yeah. And then Roma has DGA, BAFTA, Critics' Choice, and the goodwill of the people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is close between the two of them. No doubt about that, but I do... I just also think to myself, like, if Roma was so popular and if it was such a predetermined winner, why did it not win on the preferential ballot at PGA? And that's just something that – and it lost to Green Book, which is supposedly this very divisive movie, you know, if you listen to film Twitter. So I just look at that result and I wonder, why didn't it win PGA? That just is something I can't shake, unfortunately, from my mind. I feel like – Roma, in order to win, it has to win decisively on the first balloting. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Like, I agree it, with that. Because I don't think that it's going to come in a lot of number twos or number threes, except for maybe people who have the favorite as their number one. Um, whereas everything else I can see being in twos and threes, but Roma, I feel it's either going to be number one or much lower. And yeah, I've been talking to too many people who saying that it's boring. Yeah, me too. Well, I, I know I had my concerns about Roma for that, that specific reason, um, months ago, but I kind of leaned off of that after I saw it because I was like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't boring that or that boring. Um, I thought people would be able to follow it a little bit better, but whatever. I guess I don't know. To me, it's Moonlight. Okay. I, I, I think it's I think it's a lot like Moonlight, and that it's very emotionally affecting, and can be very emotionally affecting for those who don't typically watch a lot of movies. You just have to be willing to offer yourself up to it, and I think that. You know, it's also a high prestige art house film in many ways, like Moonlight was, and it's one of those films where just like just like the Moonlight year, it almost feels like it's too good to be true that it's going to win Best Picture, because it really does break down so many barriers. If it does, you know, the foreign language film being the first one to ever win Best Picture, the Netflix factor, um, everything that's going on right now in terms of you know politically with the country and the message that the film sends out, and it it just. It, it almost feels too good to be true, and that's yeah. exactly why I don't. I'm I'm in, I'm at a crossroads where it's like, I want to predict it. I probably am going to predict it, just like I predicted Moonlight. But I don't want to get my hopes up too high. Well, because we have an alternative here. The thing is, I actually <laughs> I disagree with you, Dan. I actually have it opposite. So I actually think Roma will. I think a lot of people will rank it at two or three, who like other movies, but um, also respect it. Um, whereas Green Book, I feel like you're going to, people who love Green Book are going to rank it number one. The few people who don't in the, within the Academy are going to rank it low and low enough where, um, it allows Roma to kind of collect, collect its dues. All right. Well, we're going to find out next week (laughs) on the podcast when we all get together to give our final Oscar predictions. No turning back at that point. We'll have to decide, are you going with Green Book Roma, or are you predicting something wild and wacky to happen with the preferential ballot? That will put a cap on the BAFTA uh, nominee. Uh, sorry, the BAFTA awards uh, from this uh, from today. And now we have another kind of awards to talk about here on the next Best Picture podcast. It is time, everyone, to unveil the 2018 NBP Film Award nominations. Mm, can't let's wait. go. Yeah, let's do it. Hey everyone, I'm Aaron. And I'm Patrick. And together we host the Feelin' Film Podcast, a show that focuses more on the emotional takeaway from a movie experience rather than its technical merit. Yes sir, talking about what we love about film and focusing less on the critical side of things makes for a very entertaining and enjoyable discussion. New episodes drop every Monday morning, and you can catch them on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many other podcasting networks. You can also find out more about the show at feelinfilm.com. In the meantime, as we say on the show, stay positive and keep feeling film. All right. First category is best overlooked film. Nominees are going to be read in alphabetical order. I'm warning you all right now. I will not tell you guys runners up. Oh, come 
There are five nominees for every single category except for Best Picture. There are ten nominees. Nominees for Best Overlooked Film are American Animals, Blind Spotting, The Hate You Give, <laughs> Leave No Trace, and Searching. Wow. Searching. Yeah. I feel like Leave No um, Leave No Trace will um, pounce um, the other movies here, but God, I really love The Hate You Give. It's like written in like my name all over the place. I love it. So and yeah, Blind Spotting is so. a great pick too. Yeah, yeah. totally. No. We did very wrong by both of those films. The the movie going public, not oh. us, not the MVP team. <laughs> hey. We did the best that we could. Yeah. <laughs> best sci fi horror film nominees are Annihilation. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. Yay. Halloween. Hereditary. Yay. A Quiet Place. Yay. And Suspiria. Woohoo. I imagine Should've... this is going to be a big battle between Suspiria and Hereditary between us. You think? I mean, Annihilation too. Yeah. 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 It was on a bunch of people's top 10 lists and it, I mean it's it's pretty high for me and um, yeah. you know, th- this is actually a pretty damn strong category for having a genre kind of a category like they do at um, the Critics' Choice Awards, which I typically don't like, but this one kicks ass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to call us everyone else out for the fact that Anna and the Apocalypse has now gone over to. <laughs> Best comedy film. Nominees are Blockers. Yes. Crazy Rich Asians. Yay. Eighth Grade. The Favorite. Mm-hmm. And Game Night. Yay. Mm. Well, at least The Favorite's guaranteed something. Yeah. <laughs> So happy for blockers. Honestly, I think it's tough. I think it's going to face stiff competition from eighth grade. Actually, you're probably right, and I'm. I, it's probably yeah. their favorite will probably go zero for however many nominations we give it. <laughs> just, 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 just I question the placement of eighth grade in this category. It's close really? to horror for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a drama. <laughs> uh, best action film nominees are Avengers: Infinity War. Black Panther, Mission Impossible Fallout, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and Widows. Mm. Oh, Widows. I do not think Widows is an action movie, though. Yeah. 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 It, it kind of isn't, but it fits here It fits here nicely, and hey, let's not complain, because Widows is the shit. <laughs> Widows. <laughs> I watched it in 4K, and like, it just... I, I love this movie. Like, I remember... Matt, I was like so obsessed with the Star Wars Born after like in October, and then I saw Widows, and I was like, "Ooh, Widows is even better." My best picture winner. Oh. It's like that nice shiny thing, and then you get a new shiny thing. It's like that. It's like that. It's like that meme of that guy walking with the girl. And he just sees the other girl, and he's like turning the corner, <laughs> like, "Ooh." With Widows. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen. You know, you may think it's not an action film, but the fact that it placed on enough of the MVP team's uh, ballots. I mean. Listen, maybe that's a larger conversation for me to have with the rest of the team. Be like, hey, do you guys know what an action film is? But I don't want to be that condescending. So, <laughs> yeah, Widows, of all the movies this this season, Widows got so screwed out of so much. Like, yeah. I don't care whether we're nominating it for, like, best science fiction, comedy, musical. <laughs> it, we're going to be happy to nominate it. Uh, you know what, Ryan? I'm right there with you. Yeah, Screw I can it. roll with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Best visual effects. Nominees are 
Annihilation, mm. Avengers Infinity War, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Ready Player One. Mm. Well, I'm glad that Anni- was- Annihilation showed up. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a rough year for visual effects. I think it really oh, yeah. has. Yeah. It, what about yeah, Paddington Two? No Paddington Two. No Paddington Two. What the actual heck? Yeah. Wow, that's surprising because mm. everybody in our team loves that movie. My boat went to waste. Oh. Mm. Best sound mixing nominees are Black Panther, First Man, A Quiet Place, Roma, and A Star Is Born. Wait, no Bohemian Rhapsody? Matt, we're crazy. <laughs> no, I think we're smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, if I think about it, I don't think Bohemian Rhapsody got a single vote, actually. Oh, that's not surprising. Good. No. No, wait, wait. Nope, it is on one person's ballot. Uh, All right, never mind. Yeah. It, got, it got a sole vote. Who is that person? <laughs> Delete them from the group chat now. <laughs> I, I might tell you off air, but I probably won't. <laughs> Best sound editing. Uh, best easiest way for me to say this is that it, it, there's a four for five overlap with sound mixing. Okay. So Black Panther, First Man, A Quiet Place, and Roma are the overlap. So you take out A Star Is Born and you put in its place Mission Impossible Fallout. Nice. Okay. Best original song. Um, in my opinion, the category that might have had the most intense competition. Mm. Uh, there was a four-way tie at one point. Wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, and as you all know, I asked you all to rank uh, your choices, and that's where the ranking played a role here. So the nominees for Best Original Song are All the Stars from Black Panther, The Place Where Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns, Shallow from A Star Is Born. Trip A Little Light Fantastic from Mary Poppins Returns. And When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So happy we got that in. Y'all doing Vox Lux dirty. Yeah. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Um, And Hearts Beat Loud. Hearts Beat Loud broke my heart. I was upset by that one. So no revelation and no always remember us this way. I thought people on our site loved that song compared to Shop. They did, and I can. Uh, all right, fine. I'll confirm. Uh, they were the ones involved in the tie. What about? Um, I guess. I, I guess no one else liked the quote Whitney Houston song that I love at the end. No, oh, I'll never love again. That was my number two. I, okay. I okay. So I actually watched the Star Is Born the other day. We had a snow day, so I had off from work. And um, I actually, so it was my third time seeing the movie, and I actually cried w- with the jump cut. And I'm like, Ryan, why are you crying? I knew it was coming. <laughs> like, whatever. Pass. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Best original score nominees are Black Klansman, Black Panther, First Man, If Beale Street Could Talk, and Mary Poppins Returns. Y'all sleeping on eighth grade, and I don't understand. And Destroyer. And Isle of Dogs. Mm. Interesting about that. My score, like, lineup this year was very, like, like I had Searching, I had mid-90s on mine. Like, nobody was going to go for those, and I kind of knew it, but. <laughs> well, and, like, then there's, like, scores that I loved. Like I said, Destroyer, um, You Were Never Really There. 
and um, I mean, and Colette. I, I, I'm, hmm, yeah. I guess I was outside the, the mainstream here. So. Uh, best production design nominees are Black Panther, The Favorite, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. The Oscar Five. Uh, that would be the Oscar Five. That seems to be the pretty much the consensus this year. I, it feels like a lot of groups picked that just Oscar Five right there. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, I'm sorry. I, a list of production design that doesn't include Isle of Dogs is just maddening to me. It, it was number one on my list. It is my personal production design winner of the year. That, it was number four on my list. It was number two on mine. And, like, that shit is so genius and so just crystalline perfect i i don't know special special shout out to uh to films that i thought were going to appear on more lists but didn't uh annihilation and paddington 2 i thought for sure for production design that uh those would get singled out but alas yeah well annihilation design is really cool I mean, yeah, it's it's too cool. It's too cool even for us, apparently. (laughs) Uh, Best makeup and hair styling. We have five nominees. Black Panther, The Favorite, Mary Queen of Scots, Suspiria, and Vice. Very happy for Suspiria. Yay. Me too. I bet Suspiria will win. uh, will win this category. I hope so. I mean, people on our site really love it, and I'm yeah. I mean, I didn't. I'm not like crazy about it, but I, uh, I still like it enough, and yeah, it'll it'll win. Best film editing. Tough category. Nominees are. Black Klansman. The favorite. First man. A star is born. And widows. Hmm. Nice. No vice. Yay, that widows. doesn't surprise me, though. No, I'm not surprised in the least bit. Our people hate vice. I bet you Amy Adams is not nominated. You watch. <laughs> <laughs> Matt knows. Matt does know. Best costume design. Black Panther. Crazy Rich Asians. The Favorite. Mary Poppins Returns. And Mary Queen of Scots. Uh, Yawn. Sorry. I'm, I, I I'm going to rail against the lack of a simple favor in every costume design category from everyone who doesn't know. <laughs> hey, you know what? You preach, Dan. You preach. That I get is the most genius costuming yeah. of the year. I, I want to believe that it was just one of those movies that maybe members in the team just they were listing off the like the best picture nominees and things like that. And they just maybe didn't think of it. But like, if I, but if we mention it to them now, they'll probably be like, Oh yeah. Like, that's great. Like, why did I not have that on there? I mean, how can you even not see the trailer for that movie and want to nominate it for best costumes? Exactly. I bet that I bet it's because people didn't see it. Um, Clearly there are not enough gay men on this site. Exactly. Because <laughs> this gay man also voted for something favorite. <laughs> Or in my defense, straight men with taste. Anyway. (laughs) Cinematography. Nominees are The Favorite, First Man, If Beale Street Could Talk, Roma, and A Star Is Born. And we didn't go for Cold War either. Ouch. That's awkward. Or went out for Widows. Would enough people have seen Cold War by the time we voted? 
I think that has a lot to do with it. I think that definitely has a lot to do with it, probably. Uh, best documentary film. Free Solo. Minding the Gap. Yes. RBG. Three Identical Strangers. And Won't You Be My Neighbor. So um, this is the second um, kind of whack to Whitney Houston. Um, <laughs> it, was on, you know what? it was on my ballot. I oh, think that was a really, really great documentary that unfortunately I didn't really feel like it was going to get nominated because nobody went and saw it, but it was on my ballot. Thanks, Josh. Out for Best foreign language film. Nominees are Burning, Capernaum, Cold War, Roma, and Shoplifters. That's that's a strong category. I'm very, very happy about that. Really good. Uh, Best animated feature film. Nominees are it's the standard five Incredibles 2 Isle of Dogs Barai Ralph Breaks the Internet and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because there were just not enough animated films this year that were like actually great <laughs> to be honest I I think I only listed four movies on my ballot and even that like after three of them I felt even that was generous I mean the only other film I would maybe throw some consideration towards uh, Smallfoot and Teen Titans go to the movies after that, it's like... Yeah, it was a barren wasteland for animated feature, but it was also barren last year, too. But the five that are here are strong five. That like I, I don't think they're weak movies. Mm, no. They're, they're yeah. like three strong ones, one's okay, and one I didn't like. Okay, well, that's fair. I did like the one you didn't like. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm alone on the island of, on that one, I understand. Adapted screenplay nominees are... Black Klansman... Can you ever forgive me? If Beale Street could talk, A Star is Born, and Widows. A Star is Born surprises me, man. No love for the hate you give in this category. Mm-hmm. Or hey, 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 we got Widows in there, okay? We <laughs> got Widows in there. That's all that counts. You know? I know. Yeah. If we had not gotten Widows in there, I would have been, like, mortified. <laughs> yeah, me too. I am sad that Leave No Trace isn't there, though. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Original screenplay. Nominees are Eighth Grade, The Favorite, First Reformed, Private Life, mm. and Roma. Wow. Wait. Mm. Oh, wow. God. Huh. No blind. No blind. sorry to bother you. No sorry to No uh, vice. No hereditary. No a quiet place. I'm the only one who wrote in Destroyer. Um, Am I the only one who wrote in Tully? No. No, t- Tully got some votes. <laughs> just not enough votes. Huh. I felt so very much alone in my love for that movie this year. <laughs> no, I love it too. I really, really do. Wait, wow. Hmm. I'm, hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Best debut director. Nominees are Ari Aster for Hereditary, Bo Burnham for Eighth Grade, Anish Shiganti for Searching. Hmm. Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, and Carlos Lopez Estrada for Blind Spotting. That is a great lineup. I I love the direction of Blind Spotting, so I'm happy that uh, he got singled out. I yeah, I'm that is so great, and I'm still shocked that Boots Riley didn't make it in. I'm not shocked just because of a the 
sort of kind of divisive nature of that film in terms of like where it goes in its third act. And honestly, how he's kind of behaved throughout the award season has turned a lot of people off, I feel like. Yeah, but like the direction of that movie is like that is a movie that throws so much of the wall to see what sticks and so much of it sticks. It's it's pretty impressive for a first time. Director. Yeah. I mean, but it is yeah. a divisive movie though. Yeah. yeah. I feel like what's divisive about it though is more the screenplay, like the direction of it is is separate if you you have to I'll give you that. Out, you know. I'll give you that argument. Yeah. Well, but even so, like, I, I, do you guys think like divisiveness, quote, I, like like social, cultural, whatever divisiveness hits people like us and like our site? Because I would assume that like everybody, then eighteen of us or however many there are, we could at least, we at least uh, um, approach things with the kind of objective thing. Okay, yeah, this may not mean no jam, but no, I'm gonna rail against it. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, the answer is no. There are some people here that I know can't. <laughs> Well, I know there's people here who can't too, uh, but I'm not trying to be shady. I'm just saying, I would I would hope that people could put aside. Oh well, you know, Boots Riley, eh, he's kind of he's kind of obnoxious, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Yeah, but, you know, it, looking at these five, who would you kick out? Oof. Uh, <laughs> that's really tough. Um, I don't want to say Cooper. He's been beat up enough this season. I probably kick out um, the. Guys from searching. Oh, you guys. That's a cool nomination, too. I really like what he did. Yeah, I know. Like, I I feel bad about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Best director. Nominees are Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, Barry Jenkins for If Beale Street Could Talk. Mm hmm. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite, and Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Mm. Well, mm. It's okay lineup. It's missing that one just like, because to me it's a very generic five lineup. It's yeah, missing like, it's take like just take out one and put in like one one other thing to just kind of spice it up and yeah, I, I'd i be happy with it. Quetic uh, well, Nino or Damien Chazelle in this lineup. I wanted Marielle Heller so badly. I, I should have done like backdoor campaigning to try and make that happen. <laughs> but you know what, Matt? If I would have if I would have said, "Hey, I want to, I'm going to do backdoor campaign to get Karin Kuzama nominated," you'd be like, "Ryan, that's so unethical. I can't believe that you're doing." Well, that's why I didn't. That's why I didn't do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I may have been open to that. <laughs> okay, maybe next year I should be a little more like Rachel Vice in the favorite. I will find out if that's happening. FYI. <laughs> <laughs> would have been nice to see Deborah Granick in here, though. Yeah. Actually, um, I will. I will say for the record, um, I'm not saying this person was the runners, up, the runner up, but uh, Lynn Ramsey got the most of the female director. Uh, well, that would have been uh, deserved too. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Very good. So, can but seriously though, what what did these five yahoos do better in their movies than Steve McQueen did in the gymnasium scene in Widows or? the scene driving through the town i call shade mm-hmm. i mean there's a very strong list of directors here i i, I would still I'm argue just, that yeah i know i'm loyal to mcqueen <laughs> yes best breakout performance nominees are galizia aparicio for roma cynthia Erivo for bad times at the el royale Ooh. elsie fisher for eighth grade Kiki Lane for If Beale Street Could Talk. 
Nice. And, and Thomas and Mackenzie for Leave No Trace. All ladies this year. Very I'm happy shocked about Kiki Lane. <laughs> was so, so good. So happy, but like, oh, wow. Good lineup. Yeah. Best voiceover performance. This was the uh, this was the one category that kind of broke my heart a little bit, and you'll find out why in a second. Nominees are Brian Cranston for Isle of Dogs, Holly Hunter for Incredibles Two, Shamik Moore for Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, Sarah Silverman for Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Ben Wishaw for Paddington Two. Uh, no so. Jake Johnson, no Josh Brolin, no Jim Cummings, no Ethan Hawke for First Reformed. Come on, that was voiceover, people. That was my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say, like, I had a I really struggled with this category, thinking of what to put in it. I, mean, I did too. I yeah. Only had like one person. <laughs> well, because it doesn't have to be animated. I think that's like what 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 most people think. Uh, when they see this category. Well, and it, I didn't it, even think that. Like, I thought, like, well, who gave it a voiceover in their movie? Who uh, narrated? I, I, like, who narrated? And I didn't even think of animated movies. <laughs> I know, me too. Like, and I and nobody, and, and because everybody hated Vice, nobody wanted to put Jesse Plemons in. I put him in. <laughs> I put him in. I, I did too. <laughs> well, you all know who I'm going to vote for in this category, so I don't need to comment on anything. <laughs> I, I'm just really, uh, personally, I'm just really, really hurt that Jay Johnson and um, Josh Brolin missed this category. That, like, I was like, what? I had to, like, do a double, triple recount because I was so surprised that nobody came through for Josh Brolin. Wait, Josh Brolin for what? Avengers Infinity War. But that's a motion capture performance. That he does the voice for. <laughs> but it's a motion capture performance. That he has to do voiceover recording for. All right, debate. <laughs> Another time. Continue <laughs> All, right. All right. Best youth performance. Nominees are Elsie Fisher in eighth grade, Thomas and McKenzie in Leave No Trace, Millie Shapiro in Hereditary, Militia Simmons in A Quiet Place, and Amanda Stenberg in The Hate You Give. Yay! God. I was oh, like, yay. if she misses this, I will. Yeah. Although I'm upset that Millie um, Shapiro got in and Alex Wolf didn't. Yeah, yo. I mean, like, listen, Millie Shapiro, awesome. Don't get me wrong, but Alex Wolf's performance in that movie was phenomenal. I mean, <laughs> I the think the power of that movie rests on his face. Sex. Yeah. Mm yeah alright well either way good category nonetheless best supporting actress nominees are Amy Adams for Vice Elizabeth Debicki for Widows mm -hmm. Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk Emma Stone and Rachel Vice for The Favorite well you guys proved me wrong huh well, she wasn't on my ballot, so she wasn't on that combination. <laughs> How did she get in then? Because I know I can probably count three other people in, in, on the in the group who uh, whose ballot she wasn't on for sure. Let alone people who thought she was just okay. I mean, besides me, I can't imagine anybody else putting the putting her on their ballot. Well, when you have people throwing nominations towards non-starters like Zoe Kazan and. Andrea Riseborough, Haley Lou Richardson. Uh, I'm trying to think of disobedience, probably. Denai Guerrero for Black Panther. 
Um, Sakura Ando. Did anyone else have Sakura Ando in Shoplifters? Yes, they, yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> Kaylee Carter for Private Life. Aquafina for Crazy Rich Asians. I mean, when you have nominations being thrown everywhere, it only takes a few to rally behind one. <laughs> I'm surprised. Um, and I, I, there you go. I'm surprised Nicole Kidman wasn't nominated for Boy Erased or Claire Foy for First Man. Uh, Claire Foy. Uh, yeah, there was not there was not a, a lot of love for Claire Foy. Hmm. She was my like, like my just outside my top ballot. I was hoping everybody would come through for Rachel McAdams for dis- disobedience. But... She was my number one. Hmm. I mean, listen, hey, getting Elizabeth Debicki in there in that fifth slot in what has otherwise been a very solidified uh, four this season for Best Supporting Actress, I'll take that as a victory. Yeah, she's absolutely great in that movie. Big win. Uh, Best Supporting Actor. Nominees are Mahershala Ali for Green Book. Adam Driver for Black Klansman. Sam Elliott for A Star is Born. Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther. Okay, I just... Mm. Did people... Have people not seen Wildlife? Uh, Probably. Because... Jake Gyllenhaal is so good in that movie. Considering considering that people had to ask like me for, you know, tickets and like ways to watch the movie and everything towards the end of the season, yeah, yeah I'd I'd say I'd say not enough people saw it. I'm actually kind of I'm actually surprised that uh we don't have Nicholas Holt here considering that he seems to be very popular in our group. Yeah, and Russell Hornsby too. Yeah. Russell Hornsby was the one that I was like so confident that we were going to be able to make happen, and mm-hmm. and Alessandro uh, Yep. Mm. Who was another one? Uh, Alessandro Novola. <laughs> yeah, Alessandro. Daniel Kaluuya uh, got a couple of votes, but not enough. How about Chalamet? Uh, there was st- not enough. Um, all right, I'll, I'll. You know what? This is one category where I will reveal the runner-up. And it was Sam Rockwell and Vice. Yeah. <laughs> the runner-up was. Uh, actually, do I really want? No. You know what? I'll keep the mysticism there. Oh come on! I would just no. keep it to yourself, Matt. Yeah. I'm keeping it to myself. Best actress. All right. Nominees are Yelitsia Aparicio for Roma. Tony Collette for Hereditary. Ooh. Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga for A Star is Born. And Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? No Glenn wow. Close. No, Nicole no Glenn Kidman. Close. No, no Nicole Kidman. No Emily Blunt. You know, I thought I thought you know, I really thought Nicole would make it. You know, you like her, Matt. I like her. Will loves her. Like I mean, in Destroyer, I'm I'm really I'm surprised. Well, you know, Ryan, I think that's a situation where she's good in that movie, but that movie is a not very widely seen, and I think a lot of people are a little bit more mixed on it than you are. I know, I know, um, but yeah, I know. <laughs> I was mixed on the movie, but that performance is just had the had the damn movie oh. come out in November. And everybody had seen it. I think she would be here, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, right now it's still just going out into theaters. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. 
So, well, I, Glenn Close's uh, missing is um, surprising to me. So, well, she was my number six out of like. So I don't know. I'm not that surprised. Rosamund Pike. What the heck? Not enough people saw the movie. Yeah. Wow. But that was wide at, at certain points. It's just whatever. Wow. Best actor nominees are Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Ryan Gosling for First Man, Ethan Hawke for First Reformed. And John David Washington for Black Klansman. Hmm. Now I find this very interesting because the MVP community also picked Ryan Gosling for First Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna say it. I'm disappointed that David Diggs isn't here for Blind Spotting. He was on my ballot. He was on mine too. Mine too. <sighs> Man, the other the internet really loves Ryan Gosling and First Man. Hmm. I I have to say, like Ryan Gosling getting in for First Man was. A complete shocker to me amongst the team here at MVP. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's an interesting yep. fact. The front runners for Best Actress and Best Actor, and who will probably win, Glenn Close and Rami Malek, neither of whom were nominated here with us. No. Mm. It's pretty wild. Interesting. Best Ensemble. Nominees are Black Klansman, Black Panther, The Favorite, if Beale Street could talk, and widows. Yay, widows! Again, yay! Mm. I have to. I have to ask. At least among the people here, was I the only one who included Ballad of Buster Scruggs? You know, I thought about it, Dan, and I <laughs> could not could not justifiably say that that was an ensemble for me, only because I would have to say it was only an ensemble for the specific stories. I can't say ensemble for the whole film. That almost feels like cheating. But that was the thing. Like, I didn't feel comfortable, like, because even, like, I would have nominated Tim Blake Nelson in supporting, but, like, he is the lead for his section of the movie. Or, like, Tom Waits is, like, that section is only him. It's very complicated. For best ensembles, like, honoring all the actors for doing a great job. Yeah, that's a a very, very tough one. I mean... I don't really know how you quantify that one. We're up to the final category. We're up to Best Picture, where there are 10 nominees amongst the MVP team here. And the nominees for Best Picture for 2018 from Next Best Picture are Black Klansman, Black Panther, Eighth Grade, The Favorite, First Reformed, if Beale Street could talk, leave no trace. Mm. Wow. Roma, a star is born, and widows. Well, wow. leave nice. no trace. You know, Deborah Granick misses twice, and leave no trace um, gets in for picture. That's the, I don't see the correlation, but hey. I, I was very surprised that leave no trace made the lineup as well, considering no adapted screenplay, no director. Uh, Mackenzie and Foster didn't get in for their respective categories, but yet Mackenzie shows up for breakthrough and youth performance. I mean, I think that's the only other nominations it has. I think actually, yeah. and, uh, but, but I think the ten slots helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
funny thing about our awards, like I don't like just based on I, I knowing everybody's like how they feel about all the films that have been released and whatever else. Like I'm just surprised that we all came back so closely to the consensus in most of the categories. Agreed. Like I, I mean, think it's I think it's because when you stop and think about it, all right. I think that there are certain objective things that are you have to look at it from the standpoint of like they're they're undeniable, right? And then there are a combination of things that are undeniable and widely seen. And I think that combination is what ends up creating these types of nominations amongst us. And you also have to remember too, we're we're technically a very small voting body of only eighteen. <laughs> so do you think that like because I, I, I'm wondering though if opinions and how members actually vote at, at the academy, at SAG, at the different guilds. I wonder if they have varied choices too, but then they all just come back to this kind of consensus that how we did. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't well, know. I, I think so. I think this is actually kind of interesting because. What it really shows is that even though we as a have as individuals will often have these very out there kind of sometimes out there opinions about what we like, if you throw it all together, it's about finding the consensus within that. And even though we might have passions about one thing or over another, at the end of the day, it really comes down to what do we all mostly agree with. And I think that the fact that a lot of these nominations do kind of feel like a genuine general consensus out there is proof of how those things tend to work. Exactly. Mm. I mean, I can tell you right now that there is no scenario for any category where one of the nominees was not on um, everybody's ballot. Like everybody contributed in some form or another. You know what I mean? So... I don't think there's a single scenario where there's five nominees and somebody's like, I didn't have even one of those five on my ballot at all. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, I don't have uh, final vote tallies. Um, I will have that when I post the uh, post later. But um, I think the favorites in the lead, uh, just by a quick glance, uh, probably. Sounds like a good bet. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I will get those out to you guys uh, pretty soon so that you all can start voting. And uh, we'll have the... Winners ready for after the Oscars are over. Fun, fun, fun. Yay. All right, everyone. I'll put a cap on the MVP Film Award nominations for 2018, and I will also put an end to this episode of 129 here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Ryan C. Showers, tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. You can find me at Ryan C. Showers on Twitter. Josh Parham. You can find me on Twitter at J.R. Parham. Dan Bayer. You can find me on Twitter at Dance and Dan on Film. And Tom O'Brien. And you can find me on Twitter at, at Thomas E. O'Brien. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 129 of the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and newly on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate any feedback that you can leave us over there. So please rate us five stars. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. And if you're feeling generous, head on over to our Patreon page. We mentioned some of those uh, polls earlier for the last Best Picture and Throwback Review, which we are going to be doing as podcast exclusives for Patreon. We've already 
done the Lego movie this month. We have Mad Max Fury Road coming later as well. So head on over there, donate for $1 minimum a month, and you can vote on the polls as well. Those don't cost you anything, but feel free to contribute any way that you can. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Next time.